You're listening to the College Age Movement Podcast. Hey everybody, hope that you are well. We are starting a new series uh, entitled With Us. It is only going to be two weeks and it's going to be semi-Christmassy. It hinges off of a verse uh, that is a part of what we would call the Christmas story. Matthew chapter 1 verse 23, it says this, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. God made himself flesh and dwelt among us. Even after his death and resurrection through his spirit, he continues to dwell among us. So over the next two weeks, I want to focus on a couple key types of moments, moments where we could all use a reminder that God is with us. I think it's really important that we understand that God is always with us, but I want to look at these two key types of moments over the next couple of weeks. I love the simple phrase of with us because no matter what we are talking about, it communicates one constant message that no matter how much our lives change, our God doesn't. So the first point is simple. It's not anything mind blowing, but it is this is that he is always with us. Our family of churches, Foursquare that Faith Chapel is a part of, Uh, We have a verse that we hold on to, and it's found in Hebrews, and it just simply says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And it's such a good reminder, such a foundational element for for me throughout my faith and my walk with Jesus and, and even just like my vocational ministry to remember that the same Jesus who served Paul, the same Jesus who served Moses is the same Jesus who is willing to use me and work through me today. So I can't be certain where you're at as you listen to this, but I hope that this truth is something that you can hold onto no matter where you are right now. What I want to talk through is the fact that God is with us in the middle of the storm. We're going to take a look at a passage found in the book of Acts and it was written by Luke, a disciple of Jesus, but also a friend of Paul. And, and Paul is being transported to stand trial before Caesar by a centurion and his crew. And Paul, Paul warns them that it's a bad idea because of the time of year and the weather, but they don't listen. So on a practical level, this isn't even spiritual. He's just like, hey, we should not sail during this time of year. Like the weather's going to be bad. We're going to get caught in something that we don't want to get caught in. And what do they find themselves doing? They're caught in the middle of a literal storm. Acts chapter 27 verse 20 says, When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. So this is Luke narrating this interaction. It says that they gave up all hope. In the middle of a storm, it was difficult for them to see any hope at all. And, And maybe you're in the middle of something right now. Maybe it's hard for you to believe that there is hope. I'm never going to get that job. I'm always going to be single. My friends are never going to get it together. This anxiety, this depression is never going to weigh. This thorn in my side is literally never going to go away. But I want to encourage you today that you need to know and I need to know and believe that just because a storm is present doesn't mean that God isn't. Just because a storm is present doesn't mean that God isn't. In Matthew it's what we would call the Great Commission. It's, it's Jesus saying goodbye to his disciples. And he says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But the, the end of that passage is so important that he says this. He says, surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Even when Jesus was leaving earth, he communicated that he was still with us. 
Even when he was leaving, he communicated that he was still with us. If we can operate within that truth, it changes everything. When we know we aren't alone and that he is with us, it, it changes how we approach our situations. It changes how we approach our relationships. It changes how we approach everything. He's here. Right now, wherever you're at, in your car, in your room, whatever, he's there. He's present. He's, he's with you when, when you go to work. He's with you when you step into familial traditions this, this, during this Christmas season as you go to families' houses and, and you do all of those things. He's with you there in the middle of the awkward political conversations, in the middle uh, of the, the fi- family dynamics, in the middle of the absence of your father or your mother or whatever it may be. He is there. He is present. He is never not with you he doesn't reside in a single place he resides in his people and my prayer is that we would take that to heart and understand that god is not just present in specific places but he is present in our spirits he is present in our hearts he is present in our minds he is present with us wherever we go god with us The story in Acts chapter 27 goes on to say this in verse 21. It says, After they had gone a long time without food, Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to sail from Crete. Then you would have spared yourself this damage and loss. This is just kind of simply Paul saying, like, the ultimate, like, I told you so. You fools, like, should have listened to me, but no, like, now we're stuck in the middle of a freaking typhoon, and this is your fault. But Paul doesn't leave it there. Paul says this, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. The next point this week is this, keep up your courage. This statement from Paul is amazing because what we actually, what he is actually doing is repeating something that God had said to him just a couple chapters before. He spoke in front of and, and irritated the religious powers of the time and was about to be sent to Rome, which is where we find ourselves right now being sent to Rome. But he's in prison and, th- and this happens in Acts chapter 23. So it's just four chapters before this. This is the following night the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage, as you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify in Rome. This is so amazing that that Jesus stood before Paul and said, Take courage. And four chapters later, Paul is standing before this boat filled with men and saying, Take courage. Our times of courage will be the catalyst to the courage of those in our lives. When we have been encouraged, it will lead us to encouraging. And when we've been given courage, it will help us give others courage. God being present in the midst of our storms is an example for us to be present in the storms of those around us and assure them that God is also present in their storms as well. Paul has the strength to tell them to have courage in the midst of this insane literal storm because he is being being reinforced by God to have strength time and time and time again through the storms of his life. His strength is a direct representation of God's strength in him. See, here's the thing. When what you learn in your storms will allow you to teach others in theirs. I cannot think of a more relevant thing than my friend Kevin, who's on our staff right now, who just lost his 15-year-old son 
and he has been a pillar of faith and um, I'm just watching what him and his wife and his daughter Abby are going through and I'm just blown away at their faith and their strength and and every time I've talked to Kevin he's like hey this isn't this isn't me this is Jesus like I can't do this on my own which is so true but seeing his faith just to lean into Jesus to not run away from Jesus in the midst of, of one of the greatest tragedies that somebody can experience the life of a child has given me incredible strength. And I remember having many conversations about five weeks ago when this initially happened. And uh, I remember talking specifically to my wife and just being like, man, if we lost Maddox, who's my oldest son, yeah, if we lost him, I don't know. Like if I could, if I could even function, I feel like I just like pack up the rest of our family and we would just go to like Fiji and live our life out on a beach and just like not interact with anybody and just completely seclude. And now five weeks later, after watching the Hoffmans walk through, uh, everything, I think, I hope I'd never have a tragedy ever, like anything close to what they're experiencing. But I still, I, I believe that I would have the strength to walk through it because I've watched Kevin walk through it. His strength has given me strength. His faith has given me faith. And his encouragement has given me the ability to be encouraged and to encourage other people. What we go through in our storms will be for us, but also for the people around us. And what people are going through around us will be for their benefit but it will also be for ours. Storms are a part of every one of our stories, big or small. Use them, and it can be so easy to discount our stories. I have, you probably have, but my prayer is that we would stop discounting the things that we're going through and understand that they are going to be a key component of furthering the kingdom of God. The next point this week is a close God, not a distant one. This is really important. Because so many of us think about a God who is far removed from our human plight. Like he's up there and we're down here. But Paul says that an angel of God whom I belong to stood beside me. The message wasn't communicated from the heavens. This wasn't like a Mufasa situation, like up in the clouds. This was God using an instrument to speak to Paul from immediately beside him. And there's verses throughout scripture that say different things uh, that would that would echo this, that would reiterate the point that God is not distant, but he is close. Second Timothy chapter four, verse 17 says, but for the Lord stood at my side and he gave me strength so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. Psalm 16, eight, I keep my eyes always on the Lord with him at my right hand. I will not be shaken. What we have to understand is the power of proximity because God is close. We are not just re- reliant on our own humanity. We, we get to rest and move in the power of God that is right beside us. And, and you might be thinking like, I can't do this. There's going to be situations where like, I can't do this. And that could be true. That could be true. You can't do this, but he can. He is capable, which in turn makes you capable through him, which in turn makes me capable through him. This idea of power being found in proximity goes beyond God being next to us too. It, it works its way into our human relationships. Here, here's here's something that's that's really interesting. There's been studies shown that it that that it says that we will model the habits of the five closest people in our lives. We will reflect those who are in the closest proximity to us, and vice versa. People close to us will reflect us. So, a few questions that we have to ask ourselves: the first one being this: Who am I reflecting? 
we have to take a close look at the people in our lives. Are our relationships healthy? Are they pointing us towards Christ? Are they leading us into positive situations? Something that I've said many times before, I'm, I'm having conversations with my eight-year-old about this is, are you being influenced or are you influencing? Because here's the thing. I'm not saying like, just get around people who are like-minded, get around only people who follow Jesus. Like put yourself around people who have different views and, and different beliefs and be challenged and grown and stretch all those things. But if you can't confidently say that you are having more of an influence than you're being influenced, it might be something that you need to step away from. If it's not drawing you closer towards Jesus or strengthening your relationship with Jesus, that might be something that you need to avoid for a time. So who am I reflecting? Who are the people that are having the most influence on me? Who are my five closest influences? The second question would be this. What are people reflecting because of me? Man, there's nothing more humbling than understanding that somebody didn't do that sinful thing until they started hanging out with you because they're repeating the words that you speak or doing the things that you do or whatever it may be that you are a reflection of the five closest people, but you are also going to be one of the five closest people to others. So people are going to reflect you. What do you want them to reflect? Habits of Jesus or habits of you? Healthy habits or unhealthy habits? And the third question, and probably the hardest question is this, is does Jesus make my five closest influences? As I think about the five most influential voices in my life, is one of them Jesus? Ideally, Jesus would be number one. But one of the things that I've been struggling with recently as a pastor, as, as a vocational minister of the gospel is this, is that I think that there are some pastors in my life that have a louder voice than Jesus does. And they're good voices, and I'm learning, and I'm growing, but they should never, ever be louder than Jesus. They should never be more influential than Jesus. Is, is Jesus part of our inner core? Is Jesus one of the most influential voices in our lives? Hopefully the most influential voice. As we talk about God being with us in the storm, it's important that we are intentional with our foundation and understanding that he is where he said he's going to be at the very beginning of every situation. I, I don't want to be, and you probably don't want to be, someone who gets in the middle of a storm and then looks for Jesus. Whether we see the storm coming or not, we want to be people who don't panic because our confidence is that Jesus has been there the whole time. Not, oh no, like stuff's hit the fan. Now now I need to look for Jesus. Now I need to look for the steadying force. Craig Rochelle, incredible pastor, one of the pastors who's very influential in my life over the years, simply says this, it's about knowing who's in your boat. It's about knowing who's in your boat. Is Jesus in our boat? Is he a part of our five closest influences? Because if he is, then as we step into the stormy seasons of our life, we can confidently say, yeah, Okay, Jesus is in my boat. I do not need to be shaken by the storm. Jesus is in my boat. He is going to still the storm. He's going to get me through it. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 2 through 3. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Look at Jesus and what he went through so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Focus on Jesus, not the storm. Focus on Jesus, not the storm. He is the perfecter of our faith. If we fix our eyes on him, no storm stands a chance. If we only focus on only what we can see, we will drive ourselves to worry and anxiety. But if we focus on what we know to be true about God and the fact that he is working on our behalf, we will still the storms in our lives. The fact of the matter is this, is that storms will come. None of us are going to live storm-free lives. 
Every one of us is going to come up against opposition. Every one of us is going to come up against tragedy. Every one of us is going to come up against loss and brokenness and, and relational trouble and spiritual trouble and all of the things that go on with being a human being. But Jesus is always there. He's always right with us in the middle of the storm. I want to end this week with a verse out of Isaiah chapter 43. It's verse 2, and it says this, When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God with us. Thank you for listening to the College Age Movement podcast. College Age Movement's in-person gatherings meet Tuesday nights at 7, and we would love to have you there. If you are unable to join us in person, you can engage online at faithchapel.cc or follow us on our socials at collegeagemvmt.